0: That would be a miracle. You would look at that and you would say, wow, obviously. Um, Or how about even a bit later in verse 14 when God again says, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. And then, boom, there it was. The sun and the moon appeared. Um, And there are other documented miracles in the Bible as well. Um, There's the worldwide flood when Noah was instructed to build an ark and load it with two of every kind of animal um, before God flooded the world for 150 days to cleanse it of evil. Uh, there's the ten plagues of Egypt where in Exodus when Moses sees the burning bush that is not being affected by uh, the flames. Uh, it's not being consumed by the flames. I mean, those are perfect examples of miracles. Or even a couple of weeks ago when Kelly said uh, all the authors of the Bible had no idea that all of their writings were going to go into the same book, yet they were all about the same topic, Jesus. So those are a ton of examples of biblical miracles. And so a miracle is defined as an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed or credited to a supernatural cause, or such an effect or event manifesting or considered as a work of God. And so usually the, God, the way that God shows us his purpose and his power is through the use of second causes or working through a situation in order to show us his glory. But sometimes God has the ability, because he's God, he has the ability to throw out second causes and work immediately, which we know as miracles. And so as I said before, there were plenty of examples of biblical miracles that we witnessed. Um, But some of you also asked questions like, why do we see um, so few miracles performed today when biblical miracles were so present? They were so able to be seen. Um, So now we're going to hear from a couple of students and some leaders, um, and they're going to just read us a couple of examples of miracles that happened right here in the Cedar Valley. Come on up, guys. Hi guys. I don't have, is this on? Purple. Okay. Is it?
1: It is. Okay. Perfect. Hi, my name is Danae. I'm a junior at U and I, and this story is from my junior year of high school, so four years ago. Um. My junior year of high school, some really cool things were happening in my life. I was learning about Jesus, I was going to Big House, which hopefully you guys will get to do soon. And uh, my dad and my sister were training for a marathon uh, together, and it was a really wonderful bonding experience for them. And my dad, being a really awesome guy, wanting to serve, really gifted with craftsmanship, was working on uh, the Parsonage by our church, which is a campus of Lincoln Center, um, and It's where Brad and Brooke Hillebrand live now, so I can give you a little context there. But um, anyway, he had just gotten down off the roof of the house and he fell over and he collapsed and he just kept saying he felt like he was falling, he felt like he was falling. And I remember this was a Wednesday night because I was about to go to Big House and my big brother called me, said you need to come to the hospital right now. Uh, Something bad happened to dad and we don't know what. And so we went to the Grundy Hospital We prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and my biggest prayer, and I thought it was going to be for God to heal my dad, and it definitely was, but I thanked God for giving me a dad that I would be this scared to lose. Um, He's just such an awesome guy, and uh, it turns out my dad is in a small group, a lot like the ones you guys are in at Chaos, and his small group dropped everything, got together that night, and just prayed for hours and hours over my dad. And uh, it turns out my dad had a stroke. And um, a lot of you probably know what that is. It's just blood clot in your brain and it does a lot of awful stuff and it has, has some debilitating uh, side effects, lack of, you can't speak anymore. Uh, one side of your body is paralyzed and a lot of other things. And so uh, the small town hospital we were at wasn't equipped to handle uh, the kind of stroke my dad was having. And so we got transferred to Allen Hospital in Waterloo And the craziest thing happened. Um, It kept getting worse and worse. And then my dad said a word. And he told us, he told my sisters and I, like, why weren't you studying? Why are you at the hospital? You need to go to class. Because my sisters were in college at this time. So we're like, okay. So God's answering some of our prayers. Like, we know he can talk. So a little bit of relief. We get to Allen. And um, my mom sends us home for the night because it was really, really devastating for us to see our big, strong dad in that state, and uh, we come back the next morning, and the craziest thing had happened, and he was sitting up in bed talking, asking if he could go home, and we were like, what? Like, he's supposed to be paralyzed, and God healed him, and he was very boisterous, and the doctor was like, I have no idea how you're like this. Like, you had a hole in your heart yesterday that caused your stroke, and today you don't have a hole in your heart. And he was like, my God healed me. And he told his doctor that. And the doctor was like, he must have because I certainly didn't do anything. So, um, so that was awesome. And then, like I said, my dad was training for a marathon. And 10 days later, my dad ran his marathon 10 days after having a stroke. And has not had a single side effect since because God chose to heal him. And it was a true, true miracle. And God's so good.
2: My name is Reese, and I'm going like, to say this story about this girl that, like, her face was um, damaged in a bike accident. Seven years ago, I was in a terrible bike accident, and the left side of my face had been ruined by road rash. My chin was split open, the skin on my shoulder was shaved off, and I was black and blue from head to toe. The day after it happened, good friends prayed for complete healing for my face, as it was apparently apparent early on that I was going to be disfigured. There was nothing the medical profession could do to repair it because the skin was so damaged. So I had to trust trust in God to heal me because I had no other option. Each day, my husband would look at me in amazement saying that I looked better since the morning that it happened. It was noticeable that hour by hour, my face was healing. The skin was being restored right before our eyes. A couple of days later, a friend suggested I use Moderma to help with scarring. I remember buying it, and then when I went to use it, I stopped and told myself that I had been praying for complete healing for my face, and by using this, it was a sign that I didn't believe in God would heal me. I remember I reminded myself that God wouldn't just heal my face. He would leave me without scars, so I threw the expensive cream away. That was a breakthrough moment as my face was completely healed by that night. When my stitches came out a few days later, there were no scars from the stitches or the road rash. My face had been completely healed and restored. But this is not where the story stops. A couple of years later, I was at a conference. The pastor was talking about someone who had a jaw issue. I realized he was talking about me. The truth was, I was having jaw issues from an accident several years prior. But because of the miraculous way my face was healed, I didn't think about my jaw much. And so that night, he completed the healing he started several years before and restored to how my body functioned before the accident. It was an amazing and a beautiful picture of healing power of God. He is willing to heal and still heals and performs miracles today. We just need to learn how to trust in him, putting all our hope in him and in him alone.
3: Hi, guys. Um, my name is Megan, and I'm... Uh, ninth grade and I'm gonna read a story about this girl's father and his mother. Although my father grew up in the church he had not really made a solid commitment of his own. One summer he offered to take my grandmother on a trip to Texas. This was before World War II so there were no highways, rest stops, or other travel amenities we are used to today. It was very hot and there was no such thing as air conditioning in cars. As they were driving, he looked over at his mother and saw that she did not look well. Her face was flushed, breathing heavy, and she looked like she was about to pass out. He realized that he was literally in the middle of no place, without any possibility of getting help for her. In that moment, he prayed one of those panicked prayers. God, if you help me now, I will live my life for you. Down the road was a picnic table and a trash can under a skaggy tree. He knew he had to do something. So he pulled off and helped her lay down on the table in the shade. As he passed the trash can, he glanced. Into it, he saw that there was a big bag of ice on top of the trash. He couldn't believe his eyes. There, in the middle of all that heat and emptiness, was an incredible answer to his prayer. He took the ice and used it to cool his mother down. As soon as she was some better, he helped her back into the car and took her to the emergency room in the nearest town. The doctor was amazed at what had just happened and told my father that if he had not been able to reverse the symptoms that she had been experiencing, she might have suffered from a stroke or worse. That miracle on the Texas highway changed my father's life. Because of that, he made a very solid and personal commitment for his life to Jesus.
0: All right, let's get one more quick round of applause for our students and leaders who are willing to share. All right, good stuff. All right, guys, so there are miracles literally all around us. Um, So my challenge to you now is to look differently at how you see miracles. Um, so today, the big thing with miracles is uh, something miraculous is something that gets a lot of attention. Or um, something uh, that just like a miraculous healing that occurs or something like that. Um, but what about the smaller things that happen in our lives every day? Um, the first example I'll give you is the sun. Um, and you're thinking, well, the sun's pretty, pretty uh, simple. But uh, fun fact, the sun is actually 92,955,807 miles away from the earth. And it burns at 27 million degrees, which is pretty dang hot. It's like what a photo felt like in Jamaica for those people who were there this over spring break. Um, However, if the earth were 100 miles closer to the sun, it would be way too hot and we would not be able to inhabit the earth. And if the earth were 100 miles farther away from the sun, it would be too cold and we wouldn't be able to inhabit it. So the earth is literally the perfect distance from the sun to be able to sustain life. So I would challenge you to look at every day as a miracle. Um, Another example would be, let's see, uh, I'm guessing that for as long as you guys have been here tonight, not one of you has said to yourself, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, right? Or how many of you in the past week have stopped breathing for over five minutes? That's what I thought. I didn't see any hands go up. So your body has an involuntary system inside of it that allows you to breathe without thinking about it. Okay? And if we didn't have that involuntary system, and if it was voluntary, and we actually had to think about breathing, that's the only thing we would ever be able to do. We wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to speak to you. Nobody would be able to run the computer in the back. You would barely be able to sit in a chair. Because constantly you would be able to think about, okay, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Because if you took too long in between breaths then you would die. So literally every breath that you take is a miracle. So miracles are all around us. We simply have to look for them. Uh, But sometimes we might be wanting or needing miracles to happen and praying about them, and they simply just don't happen. So we also got some questions about praying. And questions are these. Why does God sometimes not answer my prayer that people have been praying about for a while but still doesn't happen? I know that God has a plan for our future, but I just feel like nothing is changing. Why does God not talk back to us? Why doesn't God show up in my life when I need him to? Why doesn't God show up in my life? And that question was asked three times. Why does it feel like God only answers prayers some of the time? Why don't I understand why God isn't here for me? Why did God mean to make the world such a great place but so many bad things happen to us? Does God ignore my prayers on purpose? Now sometimes we might say, God, please heal this person or that person, or even, some, even something as simple as, let me pass this test. Uh, but we also have to know that often we don't know what the best plan is for our lives. We might think that the miraculous healing of a loved one is the b- absolute best outcome and that there, possibly, that there could possibly be, but we also don't see the big picture. We only see a small slice of the entire pie. And so when we aren't able to see what God has in store for us when we aren't able to see the big picture, it's in our nature to ask those questions. Like, why isn't God here for me? Why does he not answer my prayers? Does God ignore my prayers? And there are things that we will encounter in life that are tough to deal with. But we also need to remember that we are unable to see the big picture. God is able to see the big picture in our life. And sometimes the plan that we have for our life might not work out exactly like we want it to. And because we can't see what God is doing in our life, it causes us to ask those questions. And it makes us uneasy and scared. And we start to think that God isn't here for us. It can be hard to trust God when you don't see the good that he is doing. So what do we do when we pray and God does not answer? Why should we continue to love an almighty God when he doesn't show up when we need him to? But we also need to remember to ask those things, but also remember that we truly don't know the picture that God has painted. We just don't know. We also have to remember the God that we're talking to. Remember this is the God that gave you life. So we're going to turn one more time in your Bible. We're going to go to Genesis in the next chapter, in chapter 2. We're going to go to chapter 2, verse 7. Verse 7 says this Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now remember that the God that you were talking to, the God that you asked these questions to, gave you life. He literally breathed it into you. So do you think the God that gave you life, the God that breathed it into you, the God that knows the hairs on your head, and the God that knit you together in your mother's womb would literally leave you or forsake you? I definitely don't think so. So maybe what we need to ask God for is to open our eyes to the miracles around us and to know that he is always and will be always with us. So again, we're going to hear from a few of our leaders that are going to go through some times in their life um, when it was hard for them to see God and the prayers that they offered.
4: Hey guys, my name is Callie Bach, and I am a freshman at UNI, so I haven't been here that long, so just like less than a year ago, um, there were a lot of big decisions that had to be made, and it was really scary, and I found myself praying to God um, and asking Him to show me what to do, and I was getting frustrated because I wasn't finding it. I, I, you know, when you pray, you kind of expect to have an answer dropped right in front of you, and that wasn't happening for me, um, so I would pray, and it would sound something like this. It would sound like... God, I'm scared, and I'm unsure, and there are a lot of decisions that have to be made, and it's time for me to go to this next chapter of my life, and I don't know how, and I don't know what you want for me, because what I want more than anything, God, I pray all of these prayers, but what I want more than anything is to follow your path, and I don't know what your path is, and I'm having trouble finding you in this world so I can find out what my path is. I don't know. And I want more than anything for you to just tell me, just like have a little bird come fly into my window and just hand me a note and say, Callie, this is what you're supposed to do. But that's not how you work. So instead, God, I, I pray that you show me how to see you and you show me that my path is already laid out for me because I know that it is. And after I would pray these things, and I realized, I would, I would try to go out into my life and see God in my everyday life, and I realized, though God doesn't drop the answer right in front of you, I see him. I can see him. I can see him in my mom every time she tells me she loves me, because God gave me a mom who loves me, and no matter what that path is that I don't know yet, I still have that. And so then I would go back and I would pray, God, thank you so much for my mom. I love her, and you gave her to me, and and she's so supportive. But I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. What do I do? I can't see you. And eventually, obviously, I'm in college. We figured it out. And though I'm not 100% sure what the next step will be or if this is the right place to be in, I know that because I continue to pray, and I continue to say, God, even though I don't know and I'm having a hard time seeing you, I'm going to still believe Because you haven't ever let me down before. There have been times when I didn't see you and everything worked out. So I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't work this time. And more than anything, Lord, I know that more than what I'm scared about and more of everything that I'm unsure of, you love me and have my best interest at heart. And that really helped me to see him.
5: was awesome, Callie. Uh, My name's Brittany. I'm a sophomore here at UNI. And um, I kind of like encountered Jesus last year and started that personal relationship. Um, But I'm from a family that goes to church every once in a while, but they really don't get um, what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus and the joy that comes from that. So uh, I was back home this summer and really kind of struggled um, seeing God, um, I, like, I knew I had him, but it was hard for me to see him in the lives of the people in my family, um, definitely felt isolated, it, Isolated, and I was like, God, I know you, and I love you, but why aren't you making yourself present to my mom, and my dad, and my brothers, and then, uh, so my prayers looked a lot like, um, God, let me know that the pressure's off for me to change people, and that It's only you, and I pray that you put people in the lives of my family members that will point them to you, and that it doesn't just have to be me, and it will be nothing that I do or anyone does, but uh, just his grace, and only um, he has the capability of opening the hearts of people. Um, So if anything, I just want to let you guys know that there's someone in your life um, that you're feeling like you're having a hard time reaching to that it's really not your job at all and the pressure's off because we have Jesus. And just to pray for them and pray that you can be a light in that sense and know that you don't need to fix people because God does that. Thank you.
0: All right, guys. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity now, uh, probably for the next 30 seconds, um, just to be in prayer with God. Um, just present him with a request of yours, um, but most of all, just asking him to instill in you a spirit of knowing that he is God and that he will never leave or forsake you, okay? So we're just going to be in a time of prayer, uh, for the next minute or so. Heavenly Father, uh, we just know that, um, you are constantly with us, um, Father, we know that we're going to go through some tough stuff in our life. Um, there are going to be things that we are going to um, pray about and just ask for miracles to happen. Um, God, we choose to accept the fact that, um, that you are all powerful and that they will happen if they are your will. Um, God, we choose to be comfortable um, with how you use uh, what you place in this world. Um, but most of all, God, we, just, we choose to know that you are constantly and always with us, God. Um, knowing that when we see only one set of footprints in the sand, God, that that is not that you've left us um, in our, our biggest time of need, Father, but that you have picked us up and that you have carried us um, through those those trials and through those tough situations in our life. Um, God, we just choose to love you tonight. Uh, we thank you for this, uh, this amazing place that you are just so present in tonight. Um, we choose to see you in every aspect of our life, Father, and uh, we just... Uh, choose to go off into small groups and have great conversations. Uh, Senior Son's name we pray. Amen.